wanted to chat with Dwayne Bratt, a political a political scientist. Jeez. You know, you ever had one of those mornings, Dwayne? Uh, sometimes things come out, sometimes they don't. But nice to have you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm doing just great. Uh, no shock last night by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe some of the numbers might be a little surprising, but overall, no shock, right? Well, the shock was the whole by-election itself, which was the most bizarre by-election I've ever witnessed. <laughs> In what way? <laughs> well, you've got every candidate for every party running against the premier of the province, including and especially uh, the premier's uh, own candidate, own, own party candidate, Brian Jean, uh, who was a former leader and a former leadership uh, contender and uh, co-founder of the party, running on an explicit mandate to remove the premier from office. That's not something you normally see in a by-election, Darrell. No, the, the result, I guess, then, <laughs> I totally agree. But we've been down that road, right, Dwayne? We've been, we know that it was yeah. a weird, weird by-election yeah. because it's a weird situation in Alberta politics right now. It, it is, and I've had people already this morning say, see, it shows the, the polls are all wrong. You know, it shows the NDP ahead of the UCP, and look at this big UCP victory. Yeah, if you remove any context of the race itself, Right. So um, what this suggests is that um, as people go to the leadership review, which is the next big event on April 9th, yeah. would the UCP be doing better with a different leader? Uh, Fort McMurray suggests that, but that may also be linked to the popularity of, of Brian Jean in that particular region. Well, and it could be, you know, uh, the, the NDP candidate, although she'd run previously, not getting a lot of support. It's not exactly an NDP stronghold by any stretch of the imagination either anyway. so No, no, exactly. Right. So, so that was probably never going to happen. So what, what go- next is the battle to get people to the leadership review on April the 9th? That is the next big battleground, is it not, for Brian Jean and for Jason Kenney? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's one thing to register for the vote. It's another to actually show up and cast your vote in person. But I have been amazed at the number of registrations. Uh, I'm hearing it's now exceeded 10,000. Given that the UCP held an AGM in the fall with 600 people, like 10,000 is an incredible amount, given that there's no... There's no other event. There are no speeches. There are no panel presentations. That You just simply show up, you cast your vote, and then you go home. So what would drive people, literally, you know, to spend uh, 100 bucks, uh, to spend hours, perhaps, of the, out of their day or, or weekend to drive there, stand in line, cast a ballot, and then that's it. Well, it's I don't think they're doing it. drives them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not going there to support the status quo. And so the fact that the registration numbers are just off the charts, uh, because most reviews are held with an HM, there's, there's other events. This is a special one. Yeah. And you have to do it in person. Like, um, we'll have to see how many people actually make that drive. But the fact that this many people have already paid their money and signed up to vote uh, is not a good sign for the premier. Because we we, we look at general elections. Anytime voter turnout spikes, it's not... It's She's usually the for current change. occupant in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it is possible because there is organization to try and get their own individual supporters there, or people who want Jason Kenney out, or people who want Jason. So it could be a large number of people wanting the status quo, wanting to keep Jason Kenney in there because of the potential for 
further divisions should somebody like Brian Jean get in and, and <laughs> be seen to be a pandering or appealing to a base that might not be palatable to the rest of Albertans? Oh, uh, and I mean, that's the challenge that the UCP has. It is not a very unified party. What unified it at the beginning was the desire to kick the NDP out of power uh, and to take their what they saw as their rightful place back in, in government. Uh, because these, these, you know, the Wild Rose and the PCs had been at odds for a long period of time. That's what brought them together. Then they gained power. <laughs> then COVID hits. Now there's a lot of animosity towards Jason Kenney. But where do they go after him? So you've got people like Brian Jean and, and others who argue that COVID restrictions were, were too severe, lasted too long, were unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And then there's another cohort in the same party that believes the exact opposite, that it was in an inefficient action, uh, responded too late, removed restrictions too early. How do you reconcile those in this party? There, there are huge cleavages, urban and rural, and Calgary and Edmonton, and ideological versus pragmatic. Um, how, do you, how do you bring this party and unify it? Yeah. That's the challenge that they have. Well, the so Jason Kenney couldn't do it. Yeah. Who else could? Well, and I did talk about that earlier as I was promoting this conversation. So who is the great unifier? Because I don't see that it's Brian Jean. In fact, I think that continues the division. It might be a different leader, but the division, I think, anyway, would continue. Is there Oh, I, I, think, there? I think Brian Jean has supporters. There is no doubt Absolutely, about that. Yes. But there's a lot of people who would not want Brian Jean as, as leader. And that's the challenge. So it's clear that in, in, if, if Kenny is defeated in the review and there's a leadership race, Brian Jean's putting his hat in the ring. I mean, yeah, no one would be surprised by that. I think that's uh, almost a guarantee. Him. He said that he wants to be premier. Yeah, so that's, exactly. That's, that's, he's the already said that. Is, who else is going to do that? That's my question. Is there going to so be who you is got? there going to be an urban candidate? Is there going to be a progressive candidate? Is a Doug Schweitzer uh, in a in a repeat of the 2017 race re-enter? Uh, a Travis Tapes? Um, <coughs> I would I would say Jason Nixon, but Jason Nixon might very well have lost his own nomination race. So um, it's a really a scared party right now with a lot of divide. And I, I mean, they, is there and the NDP those, is unified. Is is there any of those names that jumps out that could be uh, that you know you almost you need to be a charismatic leader, I think, as well as a solid leader, or as well as a nice whatever, right? Is there anybody who sort of fits those bills, or someone who's not charismatic and is simply a caretaker that can internally heal the divisions within the party? Um, and that can rebuild caucus relations and, and rebuild trust and hopes that a year from now, as the pandemic hopefully is in the back uh, back of our heads, um, and money is flowing into the Treasury, um, that let the good times roll. You know, that may be a strategy as, as well, that they don't need charisma and they don't need fire and brimstone. They just need quiet competency. But is there enough time between now and the next provincial election for <laughs> competency to overwhelm this boogeyman that Brian Jean keeps talking about, which is an overwhelming NDP majority in the next election? Yeah, and those are the challenges. And if you're Rachel Lally in the NDP, you almost just sit back and, and watch. You know, uh, you're you're leading in the polls, you're leading in fundraising, your party is unified. And go and watch the the conservatives do uh, an inward-looking 
um, firing squad, right? And yeah. so uh, even if Kenny is removed, that doesn't end the drama. That just continues the drama for more months as they go through a leadership race. Then there is a new leader, uh, and then you go right smack into an election. Now, if Kenny survives, then the question becomes at what number? Yeah. So if he says, oh, I got 54%, that's 50% plus one, I'm staying, that means that 45% of your own party doesn't want you there. That's not sustainable. Or if it's over 60%, do you have people in the party going, I don't believe those numbers. This was rigged. And you see a party split occur anyway. Yeah, well, and the, again, with the leadership vote, if you now have almost 10,000 people coming in, it's at a hotel and convention center, which I suppose it could handle several thousand people, but I don't know about 10,000. Is, yeah. is, is there going to be a lot of attention on whether this is rife for rigging or improprieties, shall we say? <coughs> well, um, there could very well be a possibility that it could get delayed. Uh, because of those things, the, the hotel could say, we simply can't deal with that many people. We thought it was going to be 2,000 people. Now there's 12,000 people. Yeah. We simply don't have the capacity. I'm also hearing stuff uh, about people trying to mobilize a trucker convoy to block access to the city of Red Deer just to cause more disruption. Oh. And if you say, well, no, Daryl, that could never happen. Oh. <laughs> Let's talk about coots. Let's talk about you know what occurs almost every weekend in Edmonton and Calgary. So uh, <laughs> what happens if the mayor of Red Deer or the manager of the hotel or the Red Deer police say, I'm sorry, yeah, we, we need to move this back? Does the blame then go to Jason Kenney? So, well, no, say, I don't think the blame would go to him, would it? Yeah, that make that would make no sense. Yeah, well, they, it could be that he's just using this to you know convert a virtual um, uh, race or a multi-city race. Um, but but given, isn't, was, isn't the given the shenanigans within individual ridings that we're already seeing? Um, you know, the disqualification of, of candidates challenging Jason Nixon, for example. Yeah. Uh, the removal of the constituency board, Leela Hears writing. Um, there ain't a whole lot of trust between some members of the UCP and their own party, let alone the premier. Well, that, that's part of the tra- and you know, we're going to run out of time here, but th- shouldn't it have been a, a, a virtual vote in the first place so that all members of the Conservative Party, UCP in Alberta, could have voted instead of just the ones who were willing to pay the money to use up the expensive fuel to drive to Red Deer and, and get the vote in? That probably well, should have been things. the way one they did is, it anyway. One is, when this was initially done, I think Kenny believed that he had the organizational strength to control an in-person um, event, and he wanted it in person for those reasons. Um, and he has been surprised by just the outright support of the anti-Kenny forces who are mobilizing and providing funding and buses and all the like um, in response. The other is the legacy of the 2017 election uh, that Brian Jean lost to Jason Kenny, and rumors persist around severe irregularities well, there's around still an investigation active. There's still an investigation with the RCMP. So um, th- th- this shows just the lack of trust within the party itself, not by people outside of the party. Like, it's easy for an NDP supporter to, to scoff at the UCP. It's members of their own party. 
It's uh, going to be an interesting few weeks. That's always the throw, the, the go-to, but I don't know how else to describe it. It's yeah, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, and let's just say April 10th may be just as interesting as April 9th. There you go. Dwayne Brad, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate it. All right. See you there. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.